Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. Now then, you welcome back. So just before we sign off for the evening, we might get the Manchester United perspective on the defeat yesterday. Andy Mitten is editor of United We Stand, regular voice on the show. Good evening, Andy. Thanks for the time. No problem. So I suppose in some respects, it's interesting to assess how damaging this is for Manchester United at this stage under Ten Hag, to what extent it even is damaging, because there's a wider sense that Man City are just so good and so far ahead of Manchester United. There's nothing particularly earth shattering or shocking about this in many ways. Well, City are excellent. They're the champions. They've started this season well. Uh, They've been boosted by... Erling Haaland, who uh, did a little bit in the game against Manchester United on Sunday. I don't know of any United fans who expected the team to win at City on Sunday. A draw seemed improbable. What I hoped for was an improvement on last season's performance where United were shredded, lost 4-1, and City eased off towards the end of the second half. I'm not convinced that there was much of an improvement. Manchester United scored three goals, but conceded six. It's a, a horrific scoreline. Uh, coming after four straight wins in the Premier League uh, for Manchester United, there'd been a gap. The team looked cold when they started. I think United suffered from that, but Manchester City absolutely destroyed Manchester United. I think what happens now is that the team have got to come back from it. There's nine games in October. Um, given that City wasn't a game United were expecting to win. Then again, neither was Liverpool at Old Trafford or Arsenal at Old Trafford. Um, United fans are hoping that the team gets together, get some decent uh, points on the board, some decent wins in a, a month where the games are coming thick and fast. The next game will be in Cyprus on Thursday. That's the Europa League. I'm sure that all the players are going to get minutes this month. But yeah, you're speaking to me the day after Manchester United conceded six in, in a in a derby match, it's a horrific scoreline. But that's just the reality. I mean, City are just that much better than them, you know? And they're better than they were last season. And it's, I'm sure, a grim thought for a Manchester United fan. But nobody is thinking, oh, wow, we need to reassess things or it's worse than we thought. It's just exactly what everybody thought. That's the massively strange thing now, like where Manchester United are and where City are. Yep, it is. And that's the reality of the situation. That's the reality of a situation where... The Glazers took over Manchester United and taken over a billion pounds out with interest payments, whereas Manchester City have had the financial state support which they've had, which has allowed them to go from being um, a figure of fun for a lot of Manchester United fans to the best team in England. Hmm. Ten Hag was, uh, Eric Ten Hag, speaking on MUTV last night and he said there'd be an inquest of sorts today at Carrington where players and staff would be very much allowed to criticise each other. It's an open door. This performance is unacceptable, said Ten Hag. So maybe to get a flavour of things he might be saying today, he was asked after the game by Jeff Shreves uh, why the manner of this loss? Why was it so bad? Uh, lack of belief. That's very surprising, having won your last four. Were you surprised by that? I'm surprised why we didn't bring that on the pitch. I've seen, but it's obviously four weeks ago, I've seen a different team, a different spirit, a different vibe. 
and another and convincement. And today we didn't have convincement. Uh, from the first minute on, uh, we were not front foot and we were not brave in possession. Easy to ask, but why was that? Uh, uh, it's always difficult to find out, especially straight after the game. I have to talk with my players, I have to find out. Um, they, they know they can better. I see the performance Arsenal, see the performance Liverpool. Uh, but if you don't fight, uh, and that's what we didn't, yeah, then uh, you get a problem against a team like Man City. Have you not seen a performance like that since the first two games of the season? I'm thinking particularly against Brentford. I don't, I don't think you can compare it. Hey, it this is definitely, hey, uh, like against Brentford, mental this, hey, but different. Hey, mental uh, against Brentford, we didn't run. Today, hey, we want to run, but we didn't follow uh, the principles and rules, so undisciplined, but once again, it was a lack of belief. Quite an interesting assessment, Andy. Yeah, a realistic one as well. And I, I don't think we can be too harsh on Ten Hag from a perspective of he's been in the job a couple of months. Pep Guardiola has been building that team for six years. And yet at the same time, Manchester United started five attacking players away to the best team in England at the moment. And that was a risk and it was one which didn't pay off. And right from the first minute, and I, I spoke to mates of mine who were in the away end um, and some of them left at well, well before the end. Um, right from the, the first minute, City had United's fullbacks exactly where they wanted them. Grealish and Phil Foden um, were causing problems right from the start. And Ten Hag didn't rectify that until half time when Malassia was brought off. Delo took a booking within two minutes. So Ted Hart got it wrong um, from a tactical perspective uh, against uh, Guardiola, who obviously used to work under at, at Bayern Munich. But he's new into the job. He's still building his team. If this was two years into Ten Hag, then I would strike a more critical tone than I do now. And yet I still think he got it badly wrong against... Uh, Manchester City, the strikers were almost anonymous in the first half. It looked like you had a, a team which wasn't a team. The defence wasn't communicating well with the midfield, with the forwards. And I was getting really good information coming through to me during the game from people who work at a very high level in football. And they were just shredding Manchester United's tactics and obviously praising City because City played uh, so well and they, they took their chances and United didn't have a look either. I think when Varane went down and then went off, the floodgates opened even more. So a bad day was getting worse all the time. Uh, my only surprise is that Manchester United managed to score three goals. Is that consolation? Is that even real? No. When no. Manchester City, once again, were able just to ease off I, in the last 20 minutes of a Manchester derby? That's me. what it's come to. That's how dominant Manchester City uh, have been in the last couple of seasons in the derby. Totally. Sorry to cut across you there. Uh, I do honestly think that when they scored their sixth and the fans were chanting, we want 10, Guardiola thought to himself, oh, I, there's a chance we'll score 10 here. I don't want that to happen. It's too early in the season for that kind of a performance and for expectations to go through the roof if they're not already through the roof and for this team to get ahead of itself. So he whipped off all his best players. I mean, I've, <laughs> this was Manchester City declaring, you know, like they could, Guardiola, could have, they could have put 10 on United if they really wanted to. Well, I'm not laughing like, like you are. Um, I don't think it was funny to see as a Manchester United um, uh, supporter. 
Maybe they could have scored 10, maybe they could have scored 20, maybe they could have, could have scored 30. But they didn't. They scored six, and they scored six against Manchester United in 2011 as well. And they're the best team in England at the moment. That's why they're the, the, the champions. Um, they've got a fantastic manager, and they're getting results like that. Hmm. I'm slightly surprised that two teams have taken points off them um, so far this season, because when I look at that Manchester City uh, performance and the strength of it, coupled with the fact that their main rivals, uh, from a playing perspective, Liverpool, because I don't think Manchester United will be this season, I think the, se- the, the, the league could be over quite soon. And is that good for English football? Is the ownership model good for English football? That That's another question. Um, Manchester United have obviously spent a huge amount of money on new signings in the summer. They're going to take time uh, to bed in. Um, it was a, a rude awakening, I think, for Malassia at left-back, reminding me of Patrice Evra when he made his debut in a Manchester derby. Um, Martinez has been um, a, a good signing on the evidence teams uh, so far. Anthony scored a great goal, but it was almost anonymous during the match. Christian Eriksen, I found it quite interesting. And one of the coaches pointed this out to me. He said, City have basically targeted Ericsson because they know he's creative. They've locked him out the game and succeeded in it. Mm. So Ericsson was Manchester United's player of the month for September. And just by nullifying him, um, that stunted Manchester United. And the coach said to me, they're quite happy to let Scott McTominay move forward. So Guardiola, as a tactician, is peerless. And he was as a player. I watched him play so many times. And he's such an intelligent talker, thinker, footballer, manager. And you're seeing someone at the peak of their power getting results like that. Yeah. On the uh, laughing point, I'm not laughing at Manchester United. It's almost just the ridiculousness of the situation. And to be fair, I did see Man United fans laughing when they scored uh, the second and third because, look, it's laugh or cry territory and maybe life's a bit too short not to have some fun when you can. Can I ask you a question? You only got into the minute. You didn't get points for <laughs> 140. The arse. No way you're 140 IQ. Off the ball. Weekdays from 7 pm on OTB Sports Radio. On the, the tactical points. So, on the one hand, it feels like mute to bring up individual moments because City were just so overwhelmingly better in every way. But for instance, that Ericsson point is a very interesting one. And there were definitely uh, numerous times in the first 20 minutes when United were so poor on the ball. And Gary Neville went after McTominay a few times who just seemed to have lost all composure on the ball and I did, I did I, like Ten Hag was asked about Casemiro I mean if ever there was a game where United were going to sit in Rodri's not there we may do this low block business and, and hit them on the counter attack and it worked against Arsenal if ever a game is made for Casemiro and his experience and everything else you'd say that was the game Ten Hag's explanation afterwards was well I never change a winning team or try not to but then he brings in Anthony for Alanga from Liverpool to Arsenal so even that just you know as good as McTominay has been in hindsight, you have to say, well, that's a bad decision. And, and you know, there were bad decisions made against Brentford. Like, you you have to, if the gap is that big with City and your Ten Hag, you're going to have to get your fair share right. And he definitely got that wrong. Yeah, he got it wrong. And I don't think many United fans were complaining at the team selection before the match. Sure. I spoke to a City fan who's a family member and he was inside the stadium and he actually said, I'm nervous about this one mm. with our team selection. I didn't reply because I just thought he's trying to, lure me into a, a false <laughs> sense of uh, security here. And I've still not replied to him. And and I've no plans to reply to him for uh, a couple of months just yet. But at half time, 
again, someone uh, messaged me and someone who, who, again, works at a very high level in football, mm. not the manager of Manchester United. So the manager of United is the person who's making these decisions. It's very easy to sit on the sidelines, regardless of your qualifications, and made that exact point to me. Casimiro should be being used as a double screen alongside McTominay. That was his point because of the way that Manchester City play. McTominay's had a good season. Yeah. He surprised people. But it does seem bizarre to me that Casemiro, one of the best midfielders in the world, is not starting matches. I can see why. But at the same time, it still seems bizarre to me. This isn't someone who people are saying, yeah, he needs to get his fitness. He was mad in a match in the European Super League this season. Mm. He left Real Madrid full of fitness, absolutely on top of his game. And I'm sure he'll get chances. It's the one thing we're going to see this month. Eric Ten Hag will have license to experiment even more. What I think he did was he, he went for that settled team when United absolutely needed points after that terrible start to the season. With the defeats to Brighton, with the defeats to Brentford. And he's gone to a, a team that's got him four wins. They've done well. But we're seven games in now. The league position is not a disaster for Manchester United because because of those four wins, because rivals are dropping points all over the place, because United have not drawn any matches. The goal difference is another matter. Hmm. Conceding six, conceding four at Brentford doesn't look good at all. Varane has been a good player, so it was a worry when he went off. Hopefully he won't be out for, for too long. And it was just a terrible day for, for Manchester United. And I've been speaking to my mates in the away end and putting forward the, the, the twos and fours of whether it was right to leave early because I've got some mates who stayed to the end and refused to leave early. And I've got others who said, no, I had to get out of there. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't hack it anymore. <laughs> and that's what football can do to you. As United fans, we've tasted some incredible moments against Manchester City, some brilliant derby matches. And yet, even when United were dominant, City had some very, very good results against Manchester United. And at Main Road, not really so much at Old Trafford. Uh, and I can remember going back to 89 when City won 5-1. Now, United were not a top team and neither was City. And that win sustained my blue supporting mates for years. Mm. Two or three years later, they were singing to me, 1-2-1-2-3-1-2-3-4-5-1. I'm not sure 6-3 rolls off the tongue quite so easily. Yeah. And it stings. It stings Manchester United fans. It really does. And it would sting any football fan losing a derby match, let alone conceding six goals in a derby match. But what can you do? This yeah. is a situation both clubs are in at the moment. And Manchester United have got to go again. There's a lot of talented players there. I like Ten Hag as a manager. I do think he'll get it right. But to, to put him up against City in their absolute prime pomp, call it what you will, yeah. uh, was, a, was a huge challenge. And, and he got it wrong. He got it wrong on the day. The players got it wrong as well. And it was just a stinking bad day for Manchester United. Yeah. And yet, I guess, I know we spoke after the Brentford game. I think we were both of the sense where Ten Hag deserved a lot more criticism that day than yesterday, even though the scoreline is just as ignominious in, in many ways. Uh, the Ronaldo uh, situation, again, it's not the, the, the core point here, but I suppose it's bubbling away, in part because Roy Keane brought it up afterwards on uh, Sky Sports. I know you're not in the country at the moment, so I'll just uh, play it to you if people didn't hear it. Keane definitely feels that Ronaldo uh, not coming on is, is a very strange one. I think Man United are, are showing they're not they're just showing disrespect to Ronaldo I think he should have been let go before the transfer window 
I think the manager holding on to him. Okay, you say you need options, but you don't. You don't hold on to Ronaldo. Just sit in the bench. He's one of the greatest players ever. He had options. This idea that he'd no options is rubbish. He did have options. Four or five very good options to keep him. Okay, today the manager he brought Martial and he scored two. So yeah, that's justified. But generally speaking, the bigger picture, he's not going to play Ronaldo. We know that he's played in one or two European games. It's just going to get uglier as the season goes on. OK, Ronaldo's motivated with the World Cup coming up in your hope. But if he's sitting on the bench for Man United week in, week out, it's not good. It's just going to get ugly. And I think United have shown nothing but disrespect to Ronaldo. They should have let him go when the opportunity came. And as I said, he did have options to go. I know that for a fact. And holding him on to him to sit on the bench, I think it's ridiculous for, for a player of his stature. So Ten Hag afterwards, Andy, as I'm sure you've seen, said that it was out of respect for Ronaldo that he didn't bring him on. He didn't want to bring on a player of his um, pedigree and esteem into the mess that was 4-0 and 5-0 and and 6-1. I don't know if I fully buy that either. What's your read and what's going on there with Ronaldo and Ten Hag? I don't fully buy it, but I also think he wouldn't have been able to to do much coming on. Uh, The facts are as follows. Cristiano Ronaldo wanted to leave Manchester United in the summer. Cristiano Ronaldo missed the pre-season for Manchester United in the summer. Cristiano Ronaldo was offered to numerous clubs in the summer and no deal could have been done. I do not believe Manchester United would have stood in his way to let him go. He has a huge contract at Manchester United. He's the best played player in the Premier League. He chose not to go. So my version of events is slightly different to Roy Keane's understandings of events. It is pretty sad, and I agree with him here. Uh, it's not an edifying look when it comes to this. And at his age, and indeed when Roy Keane left Manchester United, that was a sad end as well. You've got these great players. We're talking two of the very best players I've ever seen play for Manchester United. And it, it's not a good look. Mm. And I don't have any magical answer to that. Ed Woodward was the one who gave Cristiano Ronaldo that huge contract. And while Manchester United fans are splitting their opinions about him now, it was a 95% decision in favour from fans when he was signed. And people, including myself, celebrated him coming back to play for Manchester United. I think he had a decent season uh, last year. Is he the future of Manchester United? No, he's not. So it's a difficult one all around. And... I don't believe Eric Ten Hag would have had a huge issue had Cristiano Ronaldo left Manchester United in the summer. I actually think he's handled Cristiano Ronaldo well. Yes. Uh, I don't have your sources when it comes to Manchester United, but I was speaking to somebody who has a a very good understanding of the day-to-day there recently, and there is some sulking going on. Nobody will be surprised to hear when it comes to Ronaldo. And Roy Keane there said, this is going to get messy. And it is going to get messy. I, I don't know whether they try and address this in January or not, Andy, but uh, post-World Cup, this could get very messy. It, it could do. I mean, on one hand, he could go public and be very critical of the things he thinks have been wrong at Manchester United. So the club he left in 09 is very different to the club he came back to um, when he, he came from Juventus. And he's entitled to those opinions. He'd be in breach of his contracts if he came out and absolutely destroyed the club. And it's it's a tricky situation. I I think um, the only way out of it is for him to be playing and scoring and to be the main man. But I just cannot see that happening 
at the moment we've we've seen um Mark, Anthony Martial be injured and Cristiano Ronaldo still not starting matches and Ronaldo started at Brentford by the way he was on the pitch when Manchester United uh, performed so poorly so we're not looking at the same Ronaldo as we saw three, five, 10, 15 years ago. And it's a difficult one for Eric Ten Hag, but he wanted to leave the club. Manchester United would have not pushed him out of the club. He wanted to leave the club. Whatever he says, he wanted to leave the club. And if he's, if he's sulking, then, then he's sulking. Mm. Um, I think he should do the very best for the club he's contracted to, uh, but he's going to see his version of the truth. And Eric Ten Hag's going to have his version of the truth as well. He's got to look at, it from a collective, from a team perspective. Cristiano's got to look at it from his perspective. OK, well, as you said, fairly uh, defining October coming up. So we'll be chatting, I'm sure, in the coming weeks, Andy. Thanks very much for the time. Appreciate it, as always. Cheers. I'm heading off now from Chicago to Cyprus. So that little short journey to see Manchester United's next match. I suspect <laughs> Ronaldo may start that one. I hope he does as well. And it's okay. important that United get a win against uh, Ammonia Nicosia. Yeah, well, managed safe. By, managed by Neil Lennon. Oh, there you go. Wow. Well, safe travels. Thanks again, Andy Mitten, editor of United We Stand With Us. And our football coverage. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch all the football you love, including the biggest Premier League games every weekend. Live on Sky.